Hey, Honeymooners, you can find ad-free episodes, Moshe's DJ sets, merch discounts, and so much more on our Patreon. Check it out at patreon.com slash endlesshoneymoon or click the link in the description of this episode. Welcome to the Endless Honeymoon Podcast. We're back, baby. I'm your host, Natasha Legero. And I'm your also host, Moshe Kasher, the husband of the host. So Moshe and I have been in Europe. Yeah, we went to Europe. We went on a fatty trip. We spent 10 days away from our daughter. That was pretty tough. I didn't anticipate the toughness. But when I came home, I saw her little hands. I was like, damn, I really love this girl. Yeah, it was kind of maybe too long to go away. I don't know. I had fun, though. London was cool. It was very London. You know, we stayed in a in a, a, a hotel room called the Prussian Resident. I mean... <laughs> well, it's funny because I keep thinking, like, we're, we're always in all these old hotel rooms. And I'm like, oh, that's because that's what I pick. <laughs> I only want to stay in, like, the oldest place I can find. You do love an old, charming-ass hotel do room. Do you like that? Or would you rather be staying, like, at a modern place that's, like, sleek and, like, a kind of no. glass building? I like what you like. You know what I hate? Four seasons. Fuck a four Me seasons. Too. It's like who, who what what kind of basic like repugnant wealth monster it's thinks just, that's that's a cool vacation? Oh, it's like a oh it's it's good because it's expensive. Oh, and they'll do anything for you. Oh, will they? They'll do anything for you? Will they get you something for free? No, they'll charge you exorbitant amounts of money for it. Cool. It's, they're not even well designed. There's no joie de vivre there either. Everything's brown. Yeah, there's no joie de vivre, which is why I only stay at joie de vivre hotels. <laughs> but we went to London. We did uh, seven nights of shows at the Soho Theater. That was a lot of fun. It was really good to see people and do. We did our live relationship stuff there, which was nice and fun. But uh, then we went to Paris for the weekend. Oh yes, that was fun. Yeah, that was fun. Except. Uh, there was this situation that happened at the uh, customs line, which is we were like going, there's this huge line, like, I mean, 200, 300 people, just like a giant snaking line. And all of a sudden this family, just like this gigantic family, just started pushing their way through the line. And I'm talking, they're like. And they're on the same train as us. Yeah, they, they, everybody's waiting to go to the same train. And they're like unsnapping the uh the little the you know that little band that, that makes the line snake they're just undoing it walking straight through everybody and all these fucking british people they're so polite that they just kind of st- stood and stared and they're like oh, oh, oh what a mic jolly good but what the what the dickens and I, it's like i look up and this family's just like lumbering their fucking rude asses through the entire thing and i look up and i realize that they're all fucking wearing yarmulkes and i'm like Fuck, man! Like to me, that is like. Do you ever? Do you have? Do you have that feeling at all? Does it, you relate to the feeling of like looking up and seeing your people like just like trampling over a culture, like just like being so rude, but with like it's like an advertisement for like, look, this is who we are. And I was like so embarrassed. And then the people in the line were like, ugh, and they were making comments. I kept waiting for them to say something anti-Semitic. I just so I said to the guy in Hebrew, I go. Matosa, Matosa, what are you doing? I said, you know what he said? Hmm. Nothing. He just kept cutting through the fucking line. He didn't care at all. And then they got to the front of the line and the customs people were like, is anybody on the early train to Amsterdam? Because we're going to rush you along. They raised their hands. Guess where they weren't going? Amsterdam. (laughs) Amsterdam. And then when we arrived in Paris, there was a long line for the cab 
But they got to the front of the line. They cut that line too. They cut that line. International cutters. And then they got into a fight. They got in a fight with the security at the taxi stand. Uh, they were all fighting. And I wanted to go up there and say, listen, they cut the line back in London too. And uh, but I didn't because I don't speak French and right. I didn't want to like start saying in broken English these guys are assholes. You know what I mean? Like, but if I was fluent in French, well, how, how do you think it would go? Let me hear it in broken English. How would you say? No, it? I would have just said, "Excuse me, just so you know, those people have been cutting since we since we left. So I think they should get to the end of the line." International cutters, dude, in yarmulkes. Why they got to wear yarmulkes? It's worse for me when I see. Like pe- my people doing nasty my stuff. My people. See, my people, I feel like I'm a citizen of the universe. So I just <laughs> feel like everyone is my person. I didn't realize you were on ayahuasca. <laughs> I'm just saying there was something particularly frustrating to me about it. Hmm. Are they my people because I converted? Oh, yeah. They're your people too now. Better buckle up because you're about to start cutting lines with me. What What kind of person, by the way? <laughs> it's really what, hard to understand. What kind of person? Cuts, a, looks at a line, and just thinks, "Ah, eh, I don't need to." With like four people, he had his whole, he had his wife and like three kids or something. But speaking of lines, when we get to Paris, I'm like one of the things. Natasha and I have a different traveling style. So basically, I'm more like relaxed and true. I believe in sort of you know having a fun time. Maybe like a perfect day to me would be like waking up and. Being like, okay, well, let's order breakfast in bed and then eating it and then maybe walking around and just then like an idea sparks to you and you're like, oh, let's go under that bridge. And then it's like, oh, there's a there's a museum. We could go there. Like, And we'd like talk about how we're citizens of the universe, right? <laughs> I just think it's like a more relaxed thing where Moshe like the second we landed in Paris, we had tickets to the Louvre. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, the Louvre? And I got us this like cool hotel and like I just wanted to like chill out. We were the hotel room was cool. We stayed at the place, literally the room that Oscar Wilde died in, and they have on the walls (laughs) his unpaid bills. And they were like, Oscar Wilde, he died here. A puddle of his own feces. (laughs) We still have this feces right here. Oh, I didn't even think of that. But anyway, we didn't have time because I had to get us to the Louvre. Now, listen, we got to the Louvre. It's and my just so you know, we get to the hotel at like, I'd say, 3.50. We have to be at the Louvre by like 4. 4. And it is close to the Louvre. But, <laughs> but I've it's... never been there. And I just thought, well, shit, it's my third time in Paris. I might as well see the fucking Mona Lisa at some point in my life. You right? also made me see that other monstrosity there. What's that? The Eiffel Tower. Dude, the Eiffel Tower was tight. That was from the trip we went on before. That was very funny because we went to the Eiffel Tower and we got up. We took the elevator to the top. And the minute, I mean, the the second the elevator doors opened and all these like couples flooded out in, in their basic bitchery onto the uh, like onto the platform at the top of the Eiffel Tower, they all started making out. It was like the funniest thing to me ever because we were. It both- was very hard to like walk anywhere without running into someone like. French kissing. Yeah, it was just so funny because it was like, they're like, we're thinking, Natasha and I were laughing and it like, they're out here going like, mmm, this building, it makes me so horny. This, what a, oh, I'm so hard right now because of this, this steel building. Well, why'd you want to see it so bad? I don't know. It's a thing that's there. Have I you mean, climbed the Statue of Liberty or the. Yes. Um- I have. I have. You have? I have, yeah. <laughs> it's just like you go to these places, you're supposed to see these iconic things, aren't you? I mean, 
I don't really like tourist traps. Well, I did, uh, anyway, I thought we should see the Mona Lisa because I love the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And Leonardo painted it, right? So we get there and they do the, it's this crazy bait and switch because it's like there's a pre line. And you look at the pre line and you're like, oh, that's not so bad. And you go in and then the real lines begin. And it was, it was remember they held us in that, it, was, it felt very like Holocausty. They held us in this like uh, hot hallway, like pressing flesh with like tourists from around the world. And it didn't even seem like, because we, when we first arrived at the Louvre, it was there was a very long line, and we're like, okay, we're gonna skip it because that was just what we saw. But then when we were done looking at something else, other artwork that was not that interesting, it was like religious artwork. I don't know. Yeah, we got into great. this like holding cell basically, and then they released. But, the... but there was less people. That's what I'm I saying. Know. It's like a bait and switch. They're like trying to trick you. They released the people from the hallway. Oh, that's what happened. And it was like, oh shit, here we go. Next corner, Mona Lisa. No, it's the second, it's the third Mona Lisa line. And then the fourth and the fifth. And you're climbing up these stairs in this like horrifying like cattle prod. It was crazy. It was over two hours of, of, of waiting in line. And there's people touching you. And I've never been... Basically, I've never been furious while looking at a, a, at a major work of art before. That was the first time. I was yelling at Chinese tourists, being like, back, get back. And like this couple got scared because I got so angry. Then you get into the main hall. The fucking Mona Lisa's behind like thick bulletproof glass. People are pickpocketing you and cutting you. And, and a security guard yelling. Move, move, move. Mona, look at Mona, but don't look too long. Give, give one moment with Mona. Move along. She looks at you the whole time. And I, it, it was, was a nightmare. It was the worst tourist experience of my life it was not just the worst tourist experience it was one of the worst experiences period of my life it was worse than when my father died Moshe I'm serious I wish that see I knew it was going to be like that but I don't know I I wish I could deter you I should have tried to deter you yeah you should have I wish you would have I could have done without I'm going to start trying you have such you have such FOMO that I feel like if if I told you, listen, I know this is going to be very um, uncomfortable and boring and terrible, especially for our first few seconds stepping onto the, into this country. Right. But then like two hours later, you probably would have been like, should we have gone to the Mona Lisa? Probably would have. But now I've seen it and I'll never wa- I never want to see it again. And here's what uh, I came away. It was away. like six flights of steps. It was awful. It was so awful. It was so bad. And the crazy part is, I uh, looked on the internet. Mm-hmm. There's tons of pictures of the Mona Lisa on there. You can actually look at it right now. It takes two seconds. And guess what else? Mm. Bad painting. It's just some broad. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I, I certainly, you know, because I like to get reproductions sometimes to hang of like paintings I like. I don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hang that painting. Oh my God. Imagine the kind, the, the rock bottom basicness <laughs> you would have to have <laughs> to have a, a reproduction of the Mona Lisa in your house. <laughs> okay. Let's call our friend Kenzie in Dallas. Kenzie. Hi, Kenzie. Hey. It's Natasha and Moshe. How you doing? I'm good. How are y'all? Oh, you're so Texas. <laughs> you're already y'all us. 
How's it going? We want to know what's up with your life. Kenzie, tell us everything. Okay, so here's uh, my problem. So I'm 22 years old, and I have never had a boyfriend, been in any relationship, ever been out on a date, ever been kissed. Um, And obviously, that's kind of sad. Um, Right now, I'm like content being single, but in the future, I definitely want a relationship. And so I guess what I'm afraid of is that um, by being single for so long and never having any experience that people will think it's like a red flag. Like there's a reason I've been single for so long. Are you Christian? Uh, yes. <laughs> how'd you know? Well, what do you mean? How'd you know you're a 22 year old that's never been kissed? There's only <laughs> a couple of options at our disposal here. I mean, well, cause you sound cute. Yeah. I breathed a great sigh of relief when I found out you were Christian. If you weren't, <laughs> That's a much deeper and more troubling issue. No, I'm not. I'm an atheist. Why? I'll be like, you're fucked up. That's what's up. So you're Christian. That's good. That's good. Okay, so what do I do? But wait, wait, wait. Is the reason you've never been kissed because you're Christian and it's like, is that part of it? No, no. I mean, that's not like against my religion. If I had the opportunity, I would. I was in a play in high school and um, I got kissed, so (laughs) that's all. Are you you allowed to date? Like... You live at home, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. My parents always said till I was like 16, I couldn't date, but I'm 22. Well, no, yeah, because earlier you said it was sad, and I was like, it's not sad, it's more mystifying. But then when you said that you had been kissed, but it was in a school play, I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, we found the sad part. What was the, what was the play? Uh, guys and Dolls. <laughs> Kenzie, Kenzie, Kenzie. Okay, can I make a suggestion? Yes, please. Is it so right. she gets into sex work? No. I was, that's what I was going to suggest. Here's the thing. You have kissed a guy before, even though it was in a play. No, no, no. No, hold on, hold on. So I don't think when you go on dates, you need to tell people you've never kissed a man before. <laughs> because, I don't do that. Okay, good. I'm just saying it's like I wouldn't, you know, you don't ever need to be that honest. <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. When you, But she doesn't go on dates at all. Well, so you got to help her with that So part. she has no one to not say that to. But wait, Kenzie, why, why, why don't you go on dates? I don't know. Any guy that's ever asked me out, I don't like them. Mm. And any guy that I like doesn't like me. Wait, Kenzie, how do you know they don't like you? Because they don't ask me out. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, given the fact that the only action you've ever gotten was when you were in a fedora uh, <laughs> pumping your suspenders and guys and dolls, that you might not be able to pick up on the signals of a guy that likes you. <laughs> How do you know they don't like you? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. They just never like make a move that I pick up. Like I want them to be forward. Okay, Kenzie, I, I, here's the issue right here. You you, you got to flip the script, dude. You're living in a you're living in a Dallas Christian girl uh, mentality, and you got to get you got to become a a, a a a left coast liberal elite. You know, you got to whore. No, I don't think you need to become like promiscuous. That's obviously not in your nature, given the given the facts at our disposal. I don't think you should go out and screw the first guy that you meet. I just think like maybe going up to a guy and asking him out wouldn't be the most terrible idea in the world for you. You have to French somebody like this month. I mean, straight up. Is that OK? I mean, I don't want you to abrogate your religious beliefs, but why don't you get on a no. dating app? Yeah. A dating app? I don't, isn't that kind of desperate? No. No, I'll tell you what's desperate is being 42 and being like, oh, guys and dolls. <laughs> I still quiver when I think about guys and dolls. 
<laughs> yeah, you owe it to yourself. I think here's the thing. Beca- you're not desperate. You're young. You had a very like, you know, rarefied life. Like you grew up very Christian and it's, you know, very specific. And now you're ready to break out. You're ready to date. You're ready to get out in the world. And, you know, now we're lucky we have these apps because, or you can do, the. I mean, the other thing to do is be, would be like, what are you really into? If you're really into like certain kind of movies or ex- art exhibits, then you can start going to those openings and trying to meet people there. But what you could do faster is like, Guys will start swiping on you and go go on a few dates. Yeah, first they'll start it's swiping. Not desperate. They'll swipe and then they'll finger. It's going to be great, Kenzie. You're going to love it. But wait, I have a. I'm okay. sorry. I don't. I, I fingering. I'm sorry, Kenzie. Fingering is a. It's a sexual a sex act. When uh, it doesn't matter. Stop a, it. Wait, Kenzie. Kenzie, hold on. you need to kiss someone this week. I, I have a thought. I have a real thought here, Kenzie. Okay, you ready? Okay. Okay. Yeah. You should look at going on a dating app. Like in and it's okay if it's a Christian dating app. If if you're not ready to leap into like Tinder or 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 Bumble or whatever. Go these, to Christian Mingle. Go to Christian whatever it is. Look at going on these dating apps not as you actually trying to find romance, but you trying to you're you're doing literally a psychological experiment in order to have experience dating. So that you're not there to find somebody, you're not there to hook up with the person or to, to kiss them or even, I don't know if you've heard of this, kiss them with tongue. That's a whole other thing. Don't even worry about it. it but it's, you're doing it literally as, a, as like a social experiment for yourself to teach yourself how to go on a date. And you're lucky we even have these dating apps. I bet you like so many of these spinsters, like Emily Dickinson might have not even been a spinster if they had dating apps. She would have just, you know, (laughs) these people were just sitting in their homes. They had no options. And I tell you what's going to happen. You're going to go on a dating app and you're going to go on, let's say, five, ten dates. Nine of them are going to be awful, awful, Kenzie. They're going to be terrible. And you can meet people for coffee, too, so you don't have to like... Or a drink, so yep. you don't have to go out to like a bunch of long dinners. Something with a time limit. Something in public with a time limit. Stay safe. They're going to uh-huh. be awful. Uh-huh. They're, they're going to try to fuck you. You're going to be like thinking to yourself, I never even kiss somebody, but you're not going to tell them that. And you're going to not fuck them. And you're going to say, ugh, what a gross creep. But you're going to have the experience of just being out with different people and going like, oh, I've gone on dates before. I see what this is about. So mm. that so that when the guy comes along that is interested in you and asks you out, and probably you're going to smell different too because your pheromones are going to switch. Then- yeah. <laughs> and, and they they always say that thing, like I don't, I've seen it in movies. I, I don't really know. Moshe, I'm sure you've heard of this, like where like if, if a kid, like they get them a prostitute, so then they, they're not desperate. Exactly. And so then That's they're you. not too horny. That's you, Kenzie. You're the kid that we're getting <laughs> a prostitute for. But Yeah, you have to like start going into the, use it, just use these dating apps to try to get experience. Totally. And then you'll be more qualified and more or, or less desperate uh, to, yeah. to love when you're <laughs> ready. But don't tell them, by the way. Do not tell them, oh, the, no, 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 this is just a social experiment. I'm not, I'm not, this isn't a real date. Check back in with us and you better kiss someone soon. Seriously, dude. Wait, Kenzie, for real, could you, are you down to do that? Yeah, yeah, I'll do it. Okay, could, could, could we call you again in a month and see how it went? Yeah, I'm coming to your show in Dallas, so I can see you guys there and tell oh, you about it. Oh, heck yeah. I'll bring a date to your show. Uh, I love that. <laughs> we'll get you free tickets. But listen, we want you to, uh, you can email email the email that uh, endlesshoneymoonpod at gmail.com and we'll get you some tickets to that show. But wait, seriously, we want to talk to you on the air, though, about these dates. So go on go on five dates by the time you come to da- we come to Dallas. <laughs> 
and then we'll you talk about to. it. You have to, or you're going to like, it's going to, I knew a girl um, who was like 29 and a virgin and it just got, the years just started to like add up. You know what I mean? And she finally yeah. did meet someone, but it was like, we all kind of like, it was like the thing no one talked about. No, and totally. It just like the years just like go by so fast. It's more than the years though. It's that it becomes a bigger and bigger thing. Yes. It's like, it's like, um, I've never been stung by a bee, you know? And so I was really scared of bees because because I'd never been stung by a bee. So bees made me more and more scared the longer I went without getting stung by a bee. And finally, I got stung by a bee, and I was like, that, that was nothing. That, that, what was that? But that's what happens with people that stay virgins for a long time. Now, if it's a religious belief, different thing, you should do that. Do, do whatever yeah, you want. Yeah, religion's awesome. Well, I'm just saying I don't want to tell someone, <laughs> like, violate your religion. I'm just saying forget virginity. Just dating. It becomes this bigger and yeah. bigger looming thing. It's like a shadow that follows you everywhere. And if you can just shrink that shadow down, then, you'll, then you won't have as much nervousness. You're so right. Are right, you going to yeah. do it? We're going to talk to you in a month. Kenzie, don't flake. Okay, I'll do it. Okay. okay. I'm on it. We'll you got be in it. touch. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. She's hot, you could tell. <laughs> She's going to do just fine. I wanted to see a picture so bad, but I didn't want to get the picture and be like, I think I know why you've not been on any dates. Oh, come on. <laughs> Everyone can find someone who thinks they're attractive. 100%. I'm just kidding. I think you're attractive. Whoa. Ouch. That was really cute. That was cute. 22 is not that old. No, she but... She doesn't it, want it to be 24-year-old 24, 24 virgin. Forget virgin. It's that you've never been kissed. <laughs> I mean, that's where it's like, okay, we got to put this in a hyperdrive. I mean, she's living in a, like an, a, an old idea. Like, Wait, I kissed someone when I was like in third grade. Well... And then in seventh grade, and then... Yeah, I was basically started kissing in seventh grade. Like French kissing? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I think my first French kiss was a spin the bottle game in seventh grade as well. Yeah. Yeah. That oh, yeah. Sense. I remember Justin Langenberg stuck his tongue down my throat. Even if she was Christian, you're allowed to go on dates when you're Christian, aren't you? I think you are. You don't have, you don't get to get with them. She's probably like a good girl I mean, and obviously. like close with her parents. And I know. It never happened. And she probably like had a crush on like the hottest guy in school. You're totally. Didn't like her. And then everyone else kind of seemed lame. You know what? If she comes to that our Dallas shows and she hasn't kissed anybody, like... Let's I, stop the podcast. I, no, I'm going to kiss her. <laughs> Is that cool? <laughs> Would you let me? Sure. Really? I mean, it's not like you're known for your kissing. Excuse me? I can barely get you to kiss. What are you talking about? <laughs> you don't like to really French. French? <laughs> what the fuck? I, dude, I... Do you like to French kiss? I've never done it, okay? <laughs> now, as you all know, here on the Endless Honeymoon Podcast, we have a segment called The Secrets Hotline, where we play and also mock the deep, dark secrets of our listeners. I can't wait to hear what they are. Hi, Natasha and Moshe. I am calling with a secret. This happened maybe two years ago, so I'm 19 now, and at the time I was 17, and oh my gosh, I'm so embarrassed to even say it. Like, okay, sorry. So, like, as a teenager, I purchased online one of those Hitachi ones, and um, I, like, was, you know, using it, and then I 
stopped and I went to therapy and uh like this is all happening on the same day. And so I left it plugged in and then um I went to therapy, I came back and then my mom like followed me back to my bedroom to talk to me about how therapy went. And then I sat on my bed and I sat on the vibrator and it turned on and my mom like looked at me with huge eyes but she was cool with it because she's super sex positive um <laughs> even though my dad has made me all scared of it but um it was so embarrassing and my mom was like I'm proud of you you have the chutzpah to do that I was just mortified and wanted to die and so that is my secret well, I mean, I gotta say, her secret is that her mom saw her. Is that she sat down talking with her mother about therapy? It, that was the most Jewish call I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> She's seventeen. She chutzpah, <laughs> her mom's sex positive. She went to therapy. Her mom's talking to her about therapy. Her vibrator goes off in the conversation. She's like, "I'm proud of you, honey." Uh, I don't feel bad for that person because the Hitachi magic wand uh, that I know belonged to my mother, and I heard it often. And nightly in my house growing up. Ew, nightly your mom was getting off? I don't know about nightly, but Would you hear her moaning? No, I didn't hear any moans. No, I didn't, no. But I definitely knew when it was on because it was loud and my mother's deaf and didn't realize that sound travels. Doesn't she have a husband, though? Why is she using it with him in the room? Because some women like to masturbate and to have sex. Right. No? No, I hear you. I'm going to buy you a motherfucking wand. I mean, I certainly wouldn't use it while you were sitting right there. Really? Maybe I would. I don't know. You should. I'm leaving town tomorrow. I'll get you one on the way out of town. You can wand it up. Should we take another secret? Yeah. What's up? Uh, Let's just get right down to it. I had sex with one of my teachers in college. And she said it was too rough. And she stopped me in the middle. And uh, basically told me to leave. And it was like 2 a.m. And I lived 45 minutes away. Um, and I, I kind of wanted to just ask her if I could crash on her couch. <laughs> Actually, I don't think she was a professor. But she was my teacher in college. Whatever you call that. I don't know. Never told anybody at all. Love with one of my teachers. Because she's a nice person. I didn't want to get her in trouble. But... Uh, if you're listening, uh, please call me back. <laughs> I'm not calling you, motherfucker. <laughs> Wait, what was the part about it was too rough? He was fucking. He was fucking her too rough? And she was like, it's too rough. You need to leave. <laughs> she's even a professor. in. She's even like giving him notes in the bed. She's like, uh, stylistically challenged. You got to go. And then he said it was two in the morning. So he just asked her if he could crash on her couch. <laughs> And she said no? I don't know. I don't think he said. Was he asking us to call him or the teacher know. to call Dude, if she's listening? That was hilarious because it was it's so funny for the person who's in the absolute wrong position. Like like the the woman, the professor was in the wrong. She was abusing her power, fucking one of her students, totally inappropriate, totally uncool. And then very quickly in the sex act, the tables turn. Because he's an aggressive lover, and she's like, "Actually, you need to leave." Like, it's very funny had to go from being the victimizer to the victim in one sexual encounter. Yeah, that was interesting. That was wild. I, but I, I, I think she should have let him stay. It's like it's the least you can do when you're fucking one of your students to just let him crash on your couch. I wish I'd fucked a professor.
Well, no, he goes, it's not like she was a professor, but she was a teacher. Whatever you call that. Sounds like you were <laughs> too busy focusing on them titties, son, and not enough on the learning part of the college experience. You wish you would have fucked a professor? That sounds cool. I had a hot film professor, actually, in community college. She was hot. And I think she actually was attracted to me. Man, I should have done it while I had the chance. I'm sorry, honey. You could still try to find her. Really? I mean, sure, if you want. Thanks, hon. Let's do another secret. Yeah, so my secret is that I still like to pick my nose and eat my boogers. And I'm 35 years old. That is so fucking gross. I never told anyone, including my wife, who I've been with for eight years. I'm going to throw up. And (laughs) we kiss all the time. So there you go. Why do you have to human being? Why do you have to add the we kiss all the time? It's such a visceral image. He's picking his nose and eating it. I'm like literally having to throw up. Why don't you go puke? That would be very funny. (laughs) I had to carry around that barf bag at the Charles de Gaulle. (laughs) Dude, we were flying back when we flew back from Paris. Natasha was super like feeling airsick. We got in the in the lift, and the lift driver was like the most cool, casual dude ever. And she's like, could you open the window a crack? I, I'm not feeling well. I, and I have this barf bag, so don't worry. He's like, oh, you don't worry. Hurl away. I won't even charge you for it. I swear to God. He really said those words. <laughs> and then Hurl he did away. The, the hang loose he sign. Did. He did the hang with loose his hand. sign. And I was like, damn, is, is it possible to be too cool and laid back? Like, and then, remember, then he goes, do you mind if I stop for a gallon of gas real quick? <laughs> And we were kind of like, uh, no. We had just gotten off of like a 17-hour journey, and we were trying to make it to see our child who we hadn't seen in 10 days right before she went to bed. So like Natasha, every minute counted. Natasha said that, and guess what he did? Fucking hang loose sign again. And then he just kept driving, and then it was like clear he was going to run out of gas. And we were like, are you going to run out of gas? And he's like, I might. <laughs> we're like okay get the fucking gas dude Guess and then he goes i'll just go get a gallon one gallon and i go don't get a gallon fill it up you know what i gave him five stars and a fat tip though i loved that guy he was cute all right let's play another secret my secret is that when i was about 20 years old i dated a guy who happened to turn out to be a murderer he just killed uh his wife um a couple weeks ago and when I realized this news, I had a memory that must have just been blocked. I must have completely blocked this out of uh, us finding a passed out girl at a party in a bathtub. And he peed all over her. Um, turned out to be a psychopath, woman-hating murderer. So there's that. And I feel like I can't tell anybody because I'm scared he's going to find out about it in prison. And he put a hit out on me. Thanks, guys. Love you. Oh, shit. I would definitely break up with someone if he pissed on a girl in the bathtub. Really? Because I was thinking thinking during that story, I relate to this guy. I would have pissed on her, too. You would piss on a girl (laughs) who was in the bathtub. If only the clues were there that she was with a monster. He murdered his wife? That call was fucking crazy. That call was the reason that I wanted to do the Secrets Hotline in the first place. That's so crazy. Imagine that. Someone in your your romantic past murdered their wife. How that would feel. Ugh. That is so dark. It is very dark. But she should also feel very happy that she didn't 
she wasn't the one. That is so crazy. Because if circumstances were different, they were a couple, you know, maybe she would have married him. You know, I think about that stuff all the time, Tosh. Like, you know, it's like there's so many murderers and child molesters out there that we must have met one at some point in our life. You know what I mean? It must be. Oh, man. I had never even thought of that. They're, they're, they are among us. Who are they? Who are these people? Who are the people that kill their spouses? Who are the people that kidnap children? Who are the people who pick their nose and eat it and kiss their wife afterwards? <laughs> who are these people? Who are you? If you'd like to call the Endless Honeymoon Podcast and be talked to live on the air, email us endlesshoneymoonpod at gmail.com or call us. The number is 213-222-8608. That's 213-222-8608. So now we're going to flip a hard departure from a girl that's never been kissed to a man that we've met before who's been kissed too much. You may remember Andy from the episode, I Deserve to be Lied to. He was the one that left the secret where he was cheating on his wife with like a hot blonde. He kept talking about how hot she was. You remember that call? All I remember about that call is that as he was telling us, whispering his secret into the phone, he's like, oh, my daughter just walked by. Yeah, that was a dark moment of the (laughs) podcast. And then we called him. And uh, he told us that sh- that the woman he was having the affair with had broken it off, and that he it was uh, his he was desperate that his wife never find out, and that's I think where we were at. But he's told us that there's been some developments in the story. I can't wait to hear what they are. I'm scared. Should we call him? Okay. Let's do it. Hello. Hi, Andy. Andy, what have you been up to? Um, you don't sound good. Not getting into so much trouble. You don't sound happy about that. <laughs> no, it's just, it's been a, a stressful, stressful weekend. Uh, I was moving this weekend. Um, just pretty much is out of my head right now with moving shit. Do you want us to call you a different time? We can. <laughs> no, no, I'm good, man. I'm good. What's happening? We we heard our producer told us that there had been some significant developments in the in the story that we'd heard before. <laughs> uh, yeah, a few interesting things have happened actually. Talk us through it. Well, I'm a I'm a bit of a, a writer. I'm a poet. I write a lot of shit. Anyways, I may have written something for her and um, oh for the girl for the affair for the affair. Yeah. Hey, wait, Andy. I I have a request, and I wouldn't be a good podcast host if I didn't ask. Could you read it sure. for us? Uh, I do not know like in front of me. Uh, oh man, I want to hear it so bad. Okay, so you wrote <laughs> the blonde. Wait, will you send it to me and I'll read it? I'll do a dramatic reading of it. I could make that happen for you. All right, deal. Just to be the butt of everyone's joke, I'm sure no. it'll be great. <laughs> Wait, so Andy, so so did your wife find this letter? Uh, no, poem? her husband did. What's that? Her husband <gasps> did. Yeah. Oh shit, Andy. And what happened? Yeah. Did you sign it, Love Andy? Yeah. Did you sign it, Love Andy, and your no, last name and your luckily, address? <laughs> luckily, I didn't put uh, any name on it. 
Um, so it was kind of like there was no title to it. And she, I guess, said that it was something old that she had. And she didn't want to throw it away because it was so well written. Good yada, lie. Yada. Good lie. Oh, shit. And then did he yeah. believe her? That it was I old? guess so, yeah. Oh, okay. That's good. Oh, my God. And wait, how did she res- <laughs> yeah. how'd she respond to your poem, though? Was she, like, hot and bothered? Or was she... She obviously liked it. She kept yeah, it. Yeah, well, no. She's always been kind of into my poetry. I mean, that's... Uh, I'm not going to say it's how we know each other, but she she got to know a lot of my poetry, yes. Sure. I mean, no, but there's no more desirable lover on earth than a married poet. That's what I always say. <laughs> I mean, I know it. <laughs> I know you're not serious, but it's true. <laughs> At least you got the confidence, Andy. So, okay, so wow. So she found it. Have you guys have you guys hooked up again? I have a feeling I don't want No, to. no, we haven't. We actually oh. haven't, we haven't hooked up since I mean, it was even before I talked to you guys last time that I had hooked up with her last. So oh, it's been it's been quite a little while now. And what's the second development? Um, just to make her even more tempting to me. Um, she she got a boot job. A, I'll say that she had some uh, some cosmetic surgery and maybe had some uh, enlargement. I just said she got a boob job. What the fuck? Natasha yeah. guessed that somebody found the poem. I guess that she got bigger tits. Is it possible we know you better than you know yourself? This is crazy. Wait, I thought she already had big tits. Oh, dude. Wait. Wait. Yeah. I thought she already had big boobs. No, no, I never said that. I think you guys may have just put that on her just based on your making joke. Right, right. So she is in the middle of having an affair and then uh-huh. she broke it off with you and then went and got a boob job? <laughs> She yeah. seems unstable. Right, who's the boob job for? Her husband? <laughs> she's like, That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. And she's been like, and we still talk a little bit, so she's been kind of like reaching out to me like, hey, do you want to fucking see these <laughs> to see these things? Oh, man. I, I want to see them now. I mean, is it and po- I do. I really want to see them. I of do. Of course. Of course. I mean, you're a poet. What, Wait, what, so what, she's po- like what, tempting you, you with her boob job? Yeah, what poet doesn't like big fake boobs? I mean... <laughs> I believe it was Robert Frost. Didn't Robert Frost write that poem, the uh, the tits less fondled or something like that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, whatever. Yeah, the tit, uh, less chosen or something. Oh, geez. So that's so she got fake tits. Is it possible that your poem inspired her to uh, get her breast augmentation? Was that in the oh, poem? Oh man, my my house is hardly big enough to contain my ego. I don't need to think that. Uh, yeah, no. Wait, so so she is now. How is she trying to tempt you to look at the look at quote these things? Has she sent you pictures? Snapchat. It's all Snapchat. Bullshit. Oh, it's all on Snapchat. Got it. Have you ever uh-huh. have you ever thought that this woman is kind of lame? <laughs> I mean, it's kind of what lame. She seems a little lame. Um, she doesn't really no, seem like I she wish- knows what she wants. She's cheating on her husband. She's lying to both of you. She's telling you she can't see you, but she's tempting you with her new boob job. I, yeah. It's just like, I, I think you might be a little like blinded by her beauty. I mean, yeah, or something. Looking, looking in from the outside, she definitely seems like a fucking asshole, but it, like, <laughs> well, I don't Andy, know. you do too. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> Wait, th- that is Natasha's making some good points. Why would she break it off with you, but then also be trying to tempt you with these uh, with this boob job Snapchat thing? I'm saying, dude, it's like it's never fully out. Like you keep like you 
you got something to draw me back in every fucking two days. Right. Here's the thing. I know you've been moving, so you're a little depleted, but you sound kind of like spent. You know, you sound like you've been through the ringer, and I feel like she's really like <laughs> yeah, kind of, she's kind of like adding to this or the cause of this, and it's not really fair. And I think until you like either leave your family or, you know, and, and really just, and she leaves her family and you guys go move to, I don't know, Boca Raton or wherever she yeah. would want. <laughs> or you just yeah, got to, like, cut it off. Cu- cut it off with her, I think. Well, it's off, I guess. I mean, the, more, the more that I've really, like, examined it, I realized that, like, even in, in some perfect world where her and I were both single, I was thinking, like, the ways that we would not work. Like, the ways it just wouldn't work with us, you know what I mean? And there's a lot of them, and I just know it wouldn't work, and it only works in this one very specific way that's not last you know like it won't last it's not healthy either it's like sometimes we get addicted to the it, uh, my suspicion would do i do believe you that she's beautiful and sexy and whatever she is. She's really no, I, I i totally buy that but i also think probably she's just not your wife and you're like bored with some facet of your life and want something exciting. You're an artist. I didn't know that until just now. You're an artist. And so you kind of like, I've got this thing where I'm like terrified of being like ordinary. And it's like a, a big yeah. fear that I'm going to like slip into ordinariness. And sometimes routine. Uh, I understand. I yeah. Do. Sometimes routine makes you feel ordinary. And like, so, so what, what breaks your routine more than an affair? But you're now, you have two complete, neutral strangers telling you the person that you've chosen to have an affair with it seems like like toxic and she's not your friend you know like she's like snapchatting you pictures of her tits and yet and yet i think you need to break it off and you know like what's funny is that like if you showed me a picture of her and showed me a picture of my wife i don't know either these girls i'm probably gonna say my wife's hotter my, my wife's fucking beautiful like, she's a really beautiful girl and i feel like such a fucking dick because of what i'm doing um, i have an idea i have an idea it's just something different variety have... you know variety is the spice of life i guess is I, that I from know. one of your poems variety is the spice of life <laughs> i no, a... i don't know what the fuck that's from i think it's from like an uncle ben's fucking right commercial <laughs> i have an assignment for you andy sure hit me i want you to write even if it's a haiku a short poem okay. for your I've wife. Five, for your wife. I love that suggestion. She deserves it. I, I, I would, I've written her many, many. She's a whole book full of shit for me. But when's the I last time? Will. When's the last time you did? Um, I think I farted out some poem during our anniversary time. <laughs> you are a poet. <laughs> I didn't realize it until right now, but yes. <laughs> I think she deserves one now just because, and maybe you can start to rekindle that little that little flame. I mean, health never feels as good as disease, you know? Like disease that's what drugs are so good. Good good drugs are good in that way too. They just you know they're destroying you, but they feel so good in the moment. And so you can't notice yeah. that you're like crushed, you're getting ground into the bottom because you're so used yeah. to focusing on the euphoria of the moment. And this woman is the drug and the euphoria of the moment. But the health, the health is in your family, Andy. I know, dude. I know. I'm a fucking. I'm, I'm an addict. <laughs> yeah. Cut well, her off for a while. See if you feel better. Yeah. The good news about addiction is you can stop. There is hope. I've done. I've been an addict to things. 
both drugs and the things you're talking about and not cheating specifically natasha fyi but you know i've had i've had sexual in uh relationships that i knew were unhealthy and were diseased but i couldn't stop doing them and you can stop you and also the way she's behaving it's like her husband is going to find out right and then once that happens totally once he doesn't already after that uh last thing with him finding the fucking problem is beyond me i'm surprised and i don't don't even trust this woman like she could maybe even tell him just to fuck up your relationship maybe i don't know and that's been on my mind i mean hopefully she doesn't but the what you can do is like nip it now you know because nip that it, it would just i would just do it like asap Write the poem. Yeah. Cut I mean, the ties. I know, I know that's what needs to be done. But I'm a fucking stupid, and I always learn my lesson the hard way, and I don't want to learn the hard way this time. But and have I, you touched fake boobs before? Moshe said it's not that great. It's not that great, Andy. You're not missing very much. Don't you worry. Yeah, see, that was, I'm just kind of curious, you know? Well, listen, why don't you go to a plastic surgeon's office and see if he's got any silicone samples, and then take your <laughs> wife out for dinner. Just a couple and just jiggle a few of them. Maybe yeah. it'll be all right. Yeah, it'll be okay. Well, Andy, stay in touch. We wish the best for you. We really want you to be happy and for you to stop lying to I people. It, we don't and want... listen, I'm not, I'm not going to say it on here because I'm not that guy that's going to shamelessly self-promote something. But if you want to look at my poetry, you'll see on some of your comments and your opinions. You'll see my name and poetry, and you can check out my shit if you're interested. So you're telling us that you've commented with your name... <laughs> on our instagram about the podcast i'll be honest with you that's my like uh it's like my uh that's not my real name my it's my pen it's my pen name is your wife not aware of your pen name <laughs> correct um, wow <laughs> the plot Fuck, thickens your wife doesn't know your pen name um yeah i mean you know there's no reason for it to it's just kind of my little outlet I feel like I can't I can't write fully and completely and honestly if people from my real world knew that it was me. You know what I mean? Yeah, interesting. Is every poem like yay though I cheateth upon you? <laughs> Wait, Andy, send me the poem. We want to read yeah, the poem. If you want to take a look, you'll see. We'll look for sure. Will you send us the poem you wrote to the girl though, please? And fuck your hot uh, wife this I, week. I will do that. Just for you. Thank you. All right. Good luck out there, Andy. I appreciate it, guys. Okay. All right, farewell. Get some sleep. Bye. Bye. I mean, that dude is on fucking the thinnest ice. (laughs) I've never, I mean, it's like any day now that husband's going to show up with a revolver and his wife is going to have loaded it. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Right. And this girl is like clearly like evil. Oh, just, I mean,. They're both fucked up. It would be bad enough if she was still taunting him on Snapchat with pictures of her tits, but she's like, I got new tits. And my husband almost caught us. (laughs) It's just like, what the fuck? I'm so glad I'm not in a situation like that. That sounds like torture. Oh, poor Andy. It's hard to say poor Andy, though, because he's also a villain. That's so interesting about him. He's a victim and a villain at the same time. He made many illusions. Uh, how do you say it? So illusions. It's, yeah, not like it's an illusion. Illusions. Illusions. He made many illusions to how large his ego was. Sure. Like he's like thinks he's really great or he thinks he's really handsome or what is that exactly? Well, I mean, every big egoed person is just a, a, a person with a terrible self-image, right? Don't you think every huge egoed person actually is just has terrible self-esteem? You know, to be honest, I could never figure it out because I don't have a big ego and I don't have like incredible, incredibly high like confidence. 
So I just always assume that when people are confident that they're really confident. Yeah, I don't assume that. I usually You're a truly confident person. I don't know if I I don't do you think I have a big ego? Uh bigger than mine. Mm. I don't know. I'll have to examine that. Well, no, is a big ego bad? I think generally, yeah. I I mean, I don't really know. Self-confidence is good, ego is bad. Right? It's like, you know, Drinking is fun. Alcoholism is bad. Right. That's what I think. I think ego is alienating, and it's uh, it's it's not self esteem. Self the opposite of of bad self esteem is not a big ego. The opposite of, of bad self esteem is self confidence and being secure in yourself. Right. That's what I think. So yeah, when you notice someone's ego, to me that's usually a performance and one that I mm. don't want to watch. Mm-hmm. Guys, to end today's podcast episode, I'm going to read to you the poem that Andy wrote to his lover. Should I read it or should you? I think you should read it. Okay, here we go. And this is what her husband found. This is what her husband found and she said was so well written that she kept it around. This is a, a paean to your mistress. Until the phone goes dead, let's play pretend over and over again. I'll be dreaming all these things that should not be in my head. Let me stay for a bit. Just let me ruminate while we live out another one of these artificial dates failing to grasp the peace that remains, your lips on the gas and the kiss never breaks. It's seldom I feel this level of worthy. It's never made this much sense to live so absurdly. I left myself open. You came in through the gate, smashed in my sternum, destroyed my chest plate, constructed these walls, and they've crumbled apart. I gave you the keys, and now I'll give you the heart. Oh, I thought it was going to be a f- like fart. <laughs> um, I was so ready for it to end on a fart. Now, I'll give you the fart. Is that the whole poem? That's the poem. Okay. Okay, Andy. I liked I kind of liked the top the top part. It wasn't it wasn't I it can speak for itself. Andy, you put your heart out there. You put your fart out there, Andy. It's more than most people would do. And she took her heart and put about 6 inches of padding between her chest and her heart. Andy, if you're listening, we love you. Kenzie, if you're listening, we want you to get some love. And for the secrets lady with the murderer, maybe you should avoid love. (laughs) And Natasha? Yeah. I love you. I love you too.